I want to say a massive uh, welcome if you're new, either in the room or you're joining us online or you're new in any of our campuses because you're hearing me speak in any of our campuses. So come on, let's just welcome some new people today. You can take your seats. Uh, what an incredible um, bit of information, you know, that uh, last week 11 people were baptized. We love baptismal services, don't we? Uh, Icon Church, and uh, just to let you know um, that we, some people came to us at the end of last Sunday night and said, uh, we'd like to be baptized. And uh, so we've uh, dropped an, another baptismal service in. So listen, listen up, in any of our campuses across Icon Church, the 26th of June will be our next baptismal service. You can sign up now. Just tell your campus pastors, I want to be baptized on the 26th of June. Put it in your diary. Don't let anything else uh, fill that out. But we're going to have another celebration of people who are ready to follow Jesus. Take their next step, 26th of June, and then we'll do a third sometime in November. Because in November, we're going to have conference, but do you know it's 35 years of Icon Church? So we're going to do some special things. I think 35 is a good year to do some special things, don't you? Fantastic. So we're going to do some special things. We'll have a baptismal service around that time as well. And also, I'm just thinking just some of those things. I know they've been said, but so great. Thank you so much for being generous and giving to Ukraine and the messages from Anna and also Anna's dad in Kashalin. So good. And we need to keep praying for peace, don't we? Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. And, uh, and that's what God wants in our world. He doesn't want us to be in strife or at war. He doesn't want murder, killing. He doesn't want that. That's not our heart of God. That's not the kingdom of God. So please, let's keep praying for peace and a swift resolve to this situation in Jesus' name. Amen. So our series title for Vision Series is The Future of Everything, and as I said last week, we're going to do sort of little short blocks, I guess up until around the middle of the year. I'll, well, I, that's what I'm going to do, little short blocks, and then our campuses will be preaching and teaching about other things. And this two weeks, I started last week, The Future of the Church, part one, and so I'm getting into part two today, The Future of the Church. And I'd like to read from Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, and it says this. Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. I talked last week about uh, the win, the fact that on one of our staff retreats, we asked the question, what's the win for Icon Church? And if we were a sports team, we'd know what the win is. More points on the board, more goals. And something, but what's the win? And we came up with this definition that the win for Icon Church is people finding Jesus and people following Jesus. And last week we focused on finding Jesus. And, uh, you know, it, it came to my attention and my thought we've not really been in, able to invite people to church. We've not been able to invite people to come and see, which is what Jesus invited people to do for two years, but now we can. And so we ended the service, a very powerful moment of praying for names and writing names. And, you know, our church really just responded positively to that. 
and uh, praying for those names. And someone shared that they were so excited to do that because they're here today because someone wrote their name on a card some years ago and their name is somewhere under where I'm stood right now because we always put them in the stage. And uh, the names that you wrote uh, last week or... um, are either under where I'm stood now or under the stage there in Stocksbridge as well. And so we're reminded every time we come to speak that there are people. We're not just speaking to this room, but we're speaking to see people's lives that were stood on change. Amen. So that's great. And so last week we focused on people finding Jesus. I want to talk about people following Jesus today. Matthew 28 Verses 18 to 20, Jesus says this. Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Let's remind ourselves again. It's not in the hands of Putin or anybody else. All authority has been given to Jesus. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Have you ever had a a problem, but you couldn't get to the root cause of the problem? Whatever you did, the problem just kept coming back. So frustrating, isn't it? It can be worrying, actually. It can be scary. In 1990, Jeannie and I lived in a house. We still live in a house, but a different one. We lived lived in a house, and uh, it started to develop in our living room cracks in the wall. And uh, you, we, we did what you do, you repair the cracks, don't you? Yes, just like that. You repair the cracks in the wall, but the cracks just kept coming back. We kept repairing the cracks, but the cracks just kept coming back. In fact, the cracks got so large that a bird flew through the crack in the wall into our living room. Yes, our living room became a bird cage. And um, we began a nightmare journey of trying to find what the problem was because the cracks just kept coming back. We thought it was due to subsidence because there'd been mining in the area some years before. So we contacted the coal board and the coal board said, no, that's all settled, that's all done. It's been settled for years. It's down to the builders. The builders did a bad job. The builders said, of course, no, it's not the build. We built the house. Every other house is all right. It's down to subsidence in this area. And it was just this nightmare of not being able to get to the solution. Eventually, they realized the problem was the foundations had cracked. There was a crack in the foundation, and the building was beginning to tilt. So we left, we moved into a different home. The builders on the coal board settled the issue between them. They did the necessary work. And today, people live in that house without birds. And I'm pleased for that. But it took us a time to find the real problem, the real solution. The presenting crack was not the problem. There was something else. You see, foundations aren't always visible, but they're absolutely necessary. They're absolutely vital. I was working in Manchester uh, some years ago. I think it was 1987. And I was working on the sixth floor of a house. And I saw something like this next to me as I looked out. It was a great big hole for foundations. I used to have the original picture. This isn't the original picture, but it's about, it was about this size as I'm in a tower block and I'm looking down 
And I'm thinking, why? why? Why are they digging that hole? And so on my lunch break, I came and I was walking around the hole and I saw some guys, you know, in the um, vests. And I saw a guy that said something that sounded official, site surveyor, site manager. And I said, excuse me, can I stop you? I'm just wondering why so big a hole in the ground? And this is what he said to me, because we're building something big and tall. And if you want to build something big, you have to have big foundations. You know, it's not just buildings that need foundations. It's lives, isn't it? Your life, my life, we need foundations in our life. And the temptation for us is because foundations aren't visible, we skimp. We focus on externals, the things that we can see. But often it's the unseen that carries great importance. It's the unseen that carries the weight. Without good foundations, as we discovered, cracks can appear. Without good foundations or in, with insufficient foundations, people can stop their journey to fulfill their potential. Potential is one thing. I think every human being has great potential. Every human being was born on purpose. You're no accident. You're here on purpose. God's got something for you. Potential is one thing. Fulfilling that potential is an even greater thing. Without good foundations, we might not last the course. Because there will be times where life isn't always up and to the right. And everything goes swimmingly. The University of Arizona have, uh, have got a project, it's called Biosphere 2, and uh, here's a picture of it, doesn't really show you the scale of it, you can see, and uh, this is built really in, in what at times is almost desert land, and it's really a study in ecology which is huge, and uh, one of the sections you can see, the glass, big glass is a tropical, indoor tropical rainforest, in fact the next picture is a picture of that inside, so you can see. But in the biosphere too, they had trees that were growing faster than they would grow in the wild because they created such a brilliant environment and the soil was full of the nutrients that trees need. But they found that the trees would not completely mature that the trees would stop their growth before maturity. They would grow fast, they would be ahead of trees in a natural rainforest, but they would stop their growth and then they would just topple over. They would just fall over. Well, this actually uh, confused the scientists and the ecologists because before the, they were just expecting the trees to grow fast and mature quicker and get to the height, etc. within this. But they, these trees would just get to a place and then they would just fall over. They discovered that the reason that was happening was no wind. Because the wind allows a tree to build big foundations to build strong roots. As a wind grows and it faces that resistance, it faces those challenges that are against it, those pressures that come against it, it strengthens its foundations. You see, we look at the external, but God looks at the heart. We look at the outside, but God wants to build in us the strong foundations that mean we will reach our potential and we will reach maturity. I wonder if you've ever struggled, because I have, to describe what it means to be a Christian. 
it's gone quiet. Maybe nobody's ever struggled. <laughs> you know, somebody asks, asks you, well, what does it mean to be a Christian? And you kind of stumble. I, I, I'm on my own, aren't I? You just, I, I, it's so many times I felt awkward. Not because I'm embarrassed about being a Christian. I, I don't care who knows I'm a Christian. But I'm embarrassed because uh, I, str- I feel awkward because I'm not quite sure what I should say in that moment. I'm not quite sure how I should stay it. And I've stumbled for years. I've, you know, I've asked the question, do I need to tell them about sin? I, is that where I start? You're a sinner. You know, is that, is that, is that where I begin? I, I like, and seriously, I felt awkward. Not, I'd not known what to do. But I'm in thera- this is therapy for me today. So please just, just go with me. You know, do, do I need to explain the atonement? You know, Jesus died on the cross and his blood can cleanse you. He paid the price for all your sins. Do I need to explain that? And how, if I do, how do I explain that to somebody who knows nothing about it? How do I explain that God died for them on a tree because he loved them? I've never been fully satisfied with how I've answered that question. Until the day I realized that Jesus called people to follow him. What does it mean to be a Christian? Well, it means to follow Jesus. Now, it does mean that our sins are forgiven and that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And that was God who loved us so much that he didn't send an answer, but he came himself and died on a cross for us. It means all of that, but it starts with Jesus saying, follow me. So if anybody asks me today, what does it mean to be a Christian? I say, well, I'll tell you where it starts. It means following Jesus. That's what it means to be a Christian. And that's something you never stop doing, following Jesus. In John chapter 1 and verse 43, it says this, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. He said this to all And so many of his disciples, a Christian is a follower of Jesus. Being a Christian means following Jesus. I hope that helps somebody today because it helped me. And this is the invitation. So, so, So if someone said to me, what does it mean to be a Christian? It means to accept an invitation. And the invitation is to follow Jesus. It means to accept that invitation. That invitation's for everybody. But to be a Christian means that you say yes. And I accept that invitation to follow Jesus. And that invitation has incredible power. In fact, every invitation has incredible power, doesn't it? Let me uh, tell you how I met Jeannie. If that was therapy, this is celebration. we were, somebody, what did somebody say there? So nice. Jeannie's throwing up, but anyway, sorry about that. If you're online, sorry, sorry. Uh, if you're from another country, we English don't do romance very well. From, the Italians are going, of course, of course, of course. But anyway, sorry. Anyway, we were at an interchurch barbecue and uh, Jeannie um, was there from another church, and she worked for a businessman who just moved, actually, to our church. And he invited me for a drink to his house, and he'd also invited Jeannie. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. (laughs) And I met this girl. 
Uh, <laughs> is that... Uh, I'm, anyway, I met this girl. That's Jeannie at 19 years of age. And I met this girl. They, she was going on a youth weekend. I invited myself <laughs> onto the youth weekend. And then I invited her after that weekend to church and for Sunday dinner. What power and what a result, baby. <laughs> You're probably here because of an invitation. You're probably a Christian because of an invitation. Some friend or family or colleague, someone invited you to be in church. In fact, 80 to 85% of people in church are there because of an invitation. Some people end up in church because on their own steam, they have this something rising up within them, but most, the vast majority, are there because of an invitation. A recent tear fund survey said that one in 20 people in the UK would say yes if they were invited to church. One in 20 if someone invited them. Think about your life. You actually exist because of an invitation. Don't think about that too long. <laughs> But accepting an invitation can change your life forever, especially the invitation from Jesus. Offering an invitation can change the life of a friend, a relative, a colleague, a neighbor forever. We hold, or the invitation holds, that much power. I am so glad Jeannie's boss invited me back for a drink. And Jesus invites all of humanity and he invites us and all of our friends to follow him. What power that has. He says this in John 12 and verse 26. Whoever serves me must follow me. I want you to notice that because following isn't just the start. It's not just the start, it's today. What are you and I meant to do today? Follow Jesus. That's how you start. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it means to start a journey, to, to begin the journey of following. But what am I meant to do today? Follow Jesus. And where I am, Jesus goes on to say, my servant will also be. And my father will honor the one who serves me. Let me say John 1.43 again. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said, follow me. So... I shared earlier how at one of our staff retreats, we asked the question, what's the win? And we recently asked ourselves this question, how do we follow Jesus as Icon Church? How do we follow Jesus? What are the foundations? And today, very simply, I just want to lay out what I believe are the five foundations about how we follow Jesus as Icon Church. And our vision and goal for the church is that all of us develop simple, life-giving rhythms and patterns of life and share them together, do them together as a community of Jesus followers. And that these would be the foundations that would mean we can grow as a church to the maturity that God has for us. We also want to develop some simple resources that we can all use um, in order to build strong foundations in our lives in following Jesus. And our vision is that this year, by the autumn, we will present these to you. We'll have a, a web page. We'll have some resources that we can all connect with that actually help with these five 
basic foundations. Now, there are other things to follow in Jesus. Don't, don't let me say that. This is not all there is, but these are this. This is the foundation. And you can look strong and tall on the outside, but fall over. Because the foundations are something you always need. The house can look okay from the outside. All the rooms in our house worked. The lounge, the hall, the kitchen, the bathroom, the living room, every, the bedrooms, they all worked. But the foundations meant the house was falling over. So I just want to present these five practices that make up the foundation of how we follow Jesus as Icon Church. Is that okay? Good. Number one, we pray. I know you're shocked. (laughs) Uh, There's no surprise there, is there? Look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. When we pray, when we talk about praying, we pray individually but we pray together I love the fact we prayed together for all those names we agreed together and prayed we're praying in our campuses this Tuesday we pray together can I encourage you if you're able please get involved when we do corporate prayer prayer and fasting let's pray let that be a foundation we pray in all of our services don't we it's a foundation we pray and we pray by forming life-giving patterns to spend time with Jesus. Let me say that again. We pray by spending, developing life-giving patterns to spend time with Jesus. Why do we pray? It's so important. Because if we just pray because we have a need, we will only pray when we have a need. Let me say that again. If we just pray when we have a need, I pray because I've got needs. I pray because I need to see change. Nothing wrong with praying for needs. We've done it in all of our services today. But if that's the reason we pray, we'll only pray when we have needs. We pray to spend time with Jesus. In the beginning of John's gospel, Jesus calls to him those he wanted John's gospel tells us, and he says why. He says, so that they may be with him. We pray. I don't know if you remember, uh, a few weeks ago in the After the Fire series, I talked about a series, uh, sorry, a um, survey of hundreds of Christians in the United States of America, and they asked this question. What an incredible question this is. What does God feel when you enter his presence? And the overwhelming answer was, God feels disappointment when I enter his presence. But Jesus called to him those he wanted so that they would be with him. Let me tell you, if God wants you and I in his presence, he's not feeling disappointed when we show up. God feels delight when you and I pray. Why do we pray? To spend time with Jesus. Maybe you've started praying. Maybe you've tried and you've given up. Maybe you've thought... I'm not quite sure how to pray. Well, let let me give you three super simple prayers. Try these. Jesus, I'm here. I'm here, and I'd like to talk to you about this. That's number one. Jesus, I'm here. You'll at least delight his heart because you've taken a moment to sit with your cup of coffee, Jesus, I'm here. You've come away from the hustle and bustle and busyness of life and you've just said, Jesus, I'm here. 
You might only have a minute, or two minutes, five minutes. Jesus, I'm here. Great prayer. I love that prayer. The second, help. <laughs> I love that prayer too. Help. I need help. I need your help in this, Jesus. Help. And here's a fantastic prayer. Number three. Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We pray, number one. Number two, we read the Bible. I know, that's a surprise. You're blown away by it, aren't you? It's so deep. But I want to say without it, that tree might just topple over. We read the Bible by developing habits to hear God's word. You're doing that today. You're here. You're hearing God's word. Awesome. Well done. Jesus, in the parable of the sower, talks about the word of God falling on different soils, the seed of the word of God. It's the same seed, but it has different results on different soils and when you and I come and say Jesus I'm here and when we come and we just read script read the scriptures read the bible I believe we're positioning our heart to be the good soil look what Jesus says Matthew 13:23 but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown now I just want to tell you before I say anything else you're in real trouble because my timer has just gone off So just relax. <laughs> Don't know if there's any way you guys can put that back. The more we div- <laughs> Everybody's praying. <laughs> Help! <laughs> Help! Jesus, I'm here. I need to talk to you about this timer. Everybody's praying that. The more we develop simple habits of reading God's word and hearing God's word, and you're doing that right now, great decision, the more we understand it. And the more we understand it, the more fruitful, Jesus says, our lives become. Matthew 7, 24 to 25, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. We pray, we read the Bible. You might say, Paul, I've started, but I find the Bible really difficult. I find it it really hard. That's okay. Don't worry. Relax. Stay there. This is uh, the New Testament experience. It's the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And every day, I just read a little bit of Jesus. I read other bits of the Bible, obviously. But every day, I have a routine, and I read a little bit of the Bible. This morning I read Mark chapter 2. I think it was verses 1 to 6. That was my bit of Jesus every day. We read the Bible. Number two. Number three, we gather as church. Oh, I know, you're absolutely shocked, aren't you? We've done it for 2,000 years. But I tell you, it will never get old. Gathering as the people of God. 
We gather as church by uniting weekly with others to worship Jesus and hear the word of God taught. The power of gathering cannot be overstated. If somebody came to me today and said, Paul, it's my first time in church. It's my, I, like they've only given me seven minutes. No way. <laughs> it's my first time in church. Just tell me, I'm a, bit, a little bit overwhelmed. Just tell me one thing I should do. I'd say, keep coming. Keep showing up. How do we follow Jesus as Icon Church? We gather as the church. The writer to the book of Hebrews in the New Testament said it this way. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24. Let us consider how we may spare one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some have have become in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more... As you see the day of protest, notice that all the more, all the more, the day for them was a day of judgment, a day of chaos, a day of tragedy. And the writer to Hebrews says the response, the antidote to that is we meet together and we gather as much as we can. And in those verses he says we gather because when we gather we encourage one another. And encouragement means you put courage in and we spare one another on, we create momentum in each others' lives. We pray. We read the Bible. I'm moving quickly now because them rat bags back there just gave me seven minutes. (laughs) Please don't switch me off or stop me. Anyway, we pray. We read the Bible. We gather as church. Number four, we play our part. We play our part. We play our part by contributing in serving others, building the church, and giving financially. Just think of Ukraine. Look what's possible when we all play our part. Anna had said to us, it'd be great if we could raise a thousand pounds. That would do so much. We went three and a half times what they wanted. Isn't that great? 11 baptisms. Look what's possible when we play our part. Growing our church to six campuses. Look what's possible when we play our part. Acts 2 and verse 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Okay, even though I've only got four minutes, we're going to do a bit of deep Greek. Come with me. It'll be on the screen. Just leave it on the screen. The original word is koinonia. Actually, that's not the right pronunciation. As you can see, as you go through this, the phonetic spelling is koinonia. Koinonia is how you say it. The definition is fellowship, but look what the literal is. The usage, the literal is partnership. We are partners together in the work of the kingdom. We play our part by connecting, attending connect groups, being present, praying for one another, caring for one another, contributing. We play our part by being on teams, serving. And if you want to serve in any of our campuses, talk to your campus pastor today. We play our part by giving. And I want to say thank you to everyone who gives to the life of church, those who give regularly. And so many give by standing order. And that is so helpful in terms of our church budgeting. And we play our part by inviting and telling others. I've got an Instagram post. I've shared this before. But look at this. This is Natalie and Lisa. And... uh, Uh, I feel like I'm still mourning the loss of Lisa. 
Uh, she didn't die, she just moved to France. And, uh, uh, but nine years ago, it'll be this year, nine years ago, Lisa on the left invited Natalie, many of you on the right, to come to Icon Church. And look what Natalie writes. This is Natalie's Instagram. One friend can change your entire life. Lisa Farling. From the moment you walked me into Icon Church, the trajectory of my life changed forever. And for that, I will never in this lifetime be able to repay you. Wow. We play our part. We connect, we serve, we give, we tell others, and then we look what God can do. So... I'm going to number five. The band can come back. We pray, we read the Bible, we gather as church, we play our part. And number five, we build relationships. We build relationships by finding our tribe. We care, encourage, and strengthen each other. I did a message, I think at the beginning of last year, on hospitality being the church's superpower. And I had this phrase, I came up with this phrase that I love and it's this, we don't need more meetings, but we do need to meet more. Whether it's for coffee, for dinner, for walks, in connect groups. We just need to meet more. I don't know if you know this, but we've got a golf connect in Icon Church. It's just one group at the moment, but we've, got, we've also got a walking connect in Icon Church. Somebody should start a barbecue connect or a, a what? <laughs> yeah, or it's just we need to meet together and be together. We build relationships. Acts 2, 44 to 47. You know, relationships aren't always easy, are they? So when you build relationships, you'll probably have to forgive in, in that as well. Acts 2, 44 to 47 says, All the believers were together, had everything in common. They sold property, possessions, gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number. We build relationships. We widen our circle. We open our boundaries and we say, you belong here. You belong here. Come and join us. Hospitality, I do believe it is the church, a superpower. So the win for Icon Church is people finding Jesus and people following Jesus. And how do we, what's the foundation of how we as Icon Church follow Jesus? We pray. We read the Bible. We gather as church. We play our part and we build relationships. And I just want to encourage you today and me today, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Let's decide to do something in response to what God is saying to us in 2022.